our final chapter of the Humanity and Christmas, we're actually coming after Christmas, and that's on purpose, because this story takes place after Jesus is born. And Matthew 2 tells us about the wise men coming, and I'm not really looking at them, mostly because I, I can't relate to them all that well. I'm not the, the wealthy foreign dignitary making a long journey. But something that I do see is kind of a background character. We don't have any names, but these people exist in the story. That when the wise men come to Jerusalem because they're looking for the new king, that's the logical place to go, they show up at the palace. And Herod kind of freaks out because he's the king and doesn't want any new king. But he goes to the scribes, to the, the experts in the religious law, and he asks them, where's the Messiah to be born? And these guys just, they know it off the top of their heads. And they're like, oh, well, in Bethlehem, because the prophet said out of Bethlehem will arise the leader. And they're fully aware of this. They know exactly what's going on. And, like, the entrance of the wise men into town, it says that all Jerusalem was worked up over this. So... These scribes are not clueless. Like, even if Herod was trying to be so, I was like, oh, hey, you know what? Just curious, a random question. Where's the Messiah going to be born? It's not like he could get them to not connect the dots. That it's like, that's what these guys are here for. That's what's going on. This crew that came in, they're looking for the Messiah. He's not here in Jerusalem. We're not seeing any new king. And it's like, oh, yeah, he should be over in Bethlehem. They know that's exactly what's happening, but also Bethlehem is six miles from Jerusalem. Like, with the right weather conditions, you can see it. So, like, during the day, you can look over and see it. If there's, like, some lights burning over there at night, you can see right there is Bethlehem. These guys know what's going on. They know that a big stinking deal has happened of these people coming looking for the new king of the Jews. It's like an announcement that the Messiah has been born. And they're like, oh yeah, well that would be right over there. And not a single one of them makes the six-mile trip. Like, this is an afternoon's walk. It's not that hard to get there. And nobody goes. Not a one of them is like, yeah, the Messiah is right over there, but, you know, I, I got dinner plans. And it's like, it just wasn't important to them. And I just wonder what this was like fast-forward through the years. Like, was there ever somebody who, down the road, you know, 30 years later, this Jesus guy starts making a big waves? And we see in the Gospels that there are some of the Jewish leaders, some of the Pharisees and the priests and them, who, like, believe, and they're, they're followers of Jesus, but secretly, because he wasn't popular with the, <laughs> the ruling group, and so they didn't want to get kicked out of their positions. But they followed, like Nicodemus was one of them. Joseph of Arimathea is another one. And I wonder if there was any of those guys who had been there when Herod came and said, where's the Messiah? If there's anybody who remembers that night. And it's like, you know, I was there. I knew about this. And the Messiah was over there about that. And I never even made the trip. And now here he is. And someone's connecting the dots going, oh my gosh, I could have. Like, I could have had a 30-year head start on this. Instead, I'm here, like, hiding out, trying not to lose my job because I'm convinced that this guy is the Messiah. Or maybe, maybe it wasn't while he was teaching, but it's then after he rose from the dead, and that was pretty convincing evidence. And, but, like, just imagine this. What is this like for these people that have 
they have all the knowledge, and that's the crazy thing, and that's why, you know, a nerd like me kind of relates to them. It's because, like, these are the guys that knew the information. They had the facts, they had studied the books, they, they had the prophecy. They're like, well, yes, the Messiah would be over there. And it's like, you want to come with us? Nah. And it just never worked its way into practical, real life. And that's the biggest problem that I see happening in Christian teaching, in Bible study, in theologians, that, like, it's just a group of nerds sitting around and talking and debating over whether this sentence should, if these three lines are on the end of this sentence or the beginning of the next one, or should there be a comma between these two words? I'm like, who cares? How is it affecting your life? How is it affecting anyone else's life? All this stuff that you've learned and these great facts that you know, is it serving any purpose? That's what I see going on with these scribes who answered the question, knew where the Messiah was, could see it from where they were standing, but did it do anything? Was any one of those people affected by this? Did it change their life? Did they follow Jesus? Like, don't let that be your story. I don't want that to be my story. I want to be affected by Jesus. I don't want my theology to be just this intellectual thing that I can argue about. I want it to change my life and I want to let it change other people's lives around me.